You're listening to the Rob Review Podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review Podcast with Evan and Laura. This is Evan Rob, and I'm joined today with Laura Rob. This is the Rob Review Podcast podcast. Laura, welcome to the Rob Review. Oh, as always, Evan, it's a pleasure. And this is one of my favorite topics. I think I have many favorite yeah, topics. I think every podcast, it's your favorite topic, but that's good. You know, you, you're interested in a lot of things. Um, and I know you are actually are interested in what we're talking about today, which is professional learning, professional development. And, and what we're going to talk a little bit today is how it can be different today because of technology than it was 15, 20 years ago. You know, I can remember back when I was um, new to administration, and really the only kind of professional development that we had exposure to was a motivational speaker sometimes at the beginning of the year in a convocation. Sometimes we would send a select group of people to a conference, and then sometimes we would want that select group of people to do what's called in business the train the trainer model. But what I have found, and I've written about this before, I think you have also, Laura, is that rarely works in education. I have seen teachers who are incredibly comfortable um, all day in, with 12, 13, and 14-year-olds, but not al- not always as comfortable when there's 40 adults in the room, um, not only adults, but adults that they work with all the time. Not only not being comfortable, but if you go to a conference and you're learning new information, uh, and then the district says, now you, you, you repeat that workshop, it's almost impossible because you don't have the background knowledge and the experience that the presenter of the workshop has. Laura, I just want to clarify that. So you're actually saying that if you go to a conference on differentiating and you go to two breakout sessions, my goodness, you probably can't come back and teach people how to differentiate curriculum. Absolutely. People think that you can, though. Oh, I agree. <laughs> that I think, that I, is amazing. I think the first step is they have to try it themselves and see... Uh, you know, and work out the kinks before you tell other people uh, what you think they should do. And and another downside is, is if any teacher has a question and it's not from your experience, your reading, uh, how are you going to answer it? Well, Lord, let, let's agree that that's just simply not a good thing to do. And let's move on to Absolutely. some good positive suggestions for people that are listening to our podcast. So what we want to talk about are some ways to bring professional development to the teachers in your building when your budget's tight. Um, sometimes, and we've talked about this before, it's, it's nice to have a consultant who can work with the staff on professional development over the course of an entire school year. Uh, but sometimes that simply is not feasible because of budgets. So let's talk about some ways that PD can be brought to a building without costing much money at all. Okay, well, uh, two ways come to mind. You can have a professional book study or you can have more than one going on, depending on the department that's and the topic. Or you can find articles online that are free. Or if your library gets professional journals, you can photocopy uh, those some key articles. Your teachers can read them and respond to them on Google Docs or yeah. Google Classroom. Uh, boy, I think that's, that's great. So I'm going to give a little more of the admin side to that. Uh, that an administrator would need to think about. So first, when it comes to articles, there are a couple ways to do that. One is articles could be departmental departmental specific, so articles that are specific to science teachers, to math teachers, history history teachers, etc. Or articles could be focused school-wide on an initiative that the entire school is working on. So an example of that would be grading. 
and it's a grading and best practice. So every one of the building grades, or at least most people in the building grade, so an opportunity for everyone to learn about that. Google Docs is absolutely a platform. We'll talk in a little bit about Google Classroom because that comes into play if we're looking uh, sometimes at book studies or things that have a lot of people that, that are chiming in with comments. Now, the other piece I want to address is what I would recommend is that whether you are putting an article into Google Docs or Google Classroom and looking at generating comments, you're going to have to set up some expectations for what that's going to look like. So people need to understand why they're doing what they're doing and then what they're doing and how long it's going to be available. So keeping a Google Doc with an article open for, forever is not necessarily going to be effective. I typically recommend one or two weeks of keeping the document open, embedding the document with some questions, and then setting some expectations for how many times every person needs to respond. I, I agree. And then uh, sometimes it's interesting to either discuss some of the responses at a full faculty meeting if it involved everybody or at a department meeting. The key is that there has to be a lot of this kind of thoughtful, reflective reading, raising questions. And the qu one big question I always want teachers to think about is, what in this article uh, would help me in my teaching? What could I bring to my classroom quickly? What do I need to work on more, maybe with a colleague who is my peer partner, um, and work out some of the kinks? But as sure as I'm sitting here, Evan, unless we build teachers' background knowledge on a variety of topics, their decision-making process, which happens every minute of the day, is diminished. And we want to make them the best decision-makers assessors and interventionists we can. Yeah, you talk a lot about intentionality, Laura, and you know, having strong background knowledge and increasing your knowledge of best practice and, and um, the research that's in education helps people make informed, um, reflective, and intentional decisions, which I think benefits the professional and also benefits children. The other thing that you alluded to that I want to comment on is the types of comments, the types of reflection that you want people to engage in when they, when they share their thoughts on a document. One way to do that is to embed some questions that are already in the document for a teacher to respond to. I have found that if you don't do that, you can get a lot of scatter in responses or, or, or comments that it was good, it resonated with me, but not necessarily comments that are requiring some analytical thinking. But it's easy, easy to guide, and it's guided by seeding questions into the document before the conversation begins. And the other thing that I'll share, you brought up at the a few moments ago about how it can inter be integrated into faculty meetings, and that is absolutely true. But the really interesting thing, and the fun thing for me as a principal when looking at Google Docs or D Google Classroom to generate conversations about a topic, is the teacher and the administrators can access the document anytime. And yes. suddenly, yeah, you're not limited to trying to look at a school calendar and figure out when's an afternoon that we can all get together to do this. Because anyone who's listening, whether you're a teacher or an administrator, knows that once the year gets going, it is almost impossible to get everyone together on any given day, sometimes Fridays, but that's not necessarily a popular day, Laura, to, to, do, to do this, right? No, to stay after school. Yeah, I, would uh, right. I would agree. Uh, you know, the other thing is, um, I like to, after you read maybe one or two articles uh, on similar subjects, is to give teachers time to uh, make the decision to 
bring it to their classroom, and then share what worked and, and if they have any questions. When Even if it's one teacher that tried something new, I think that should be made public in some way because it tells other people, well, golly, if she could do it, maybe I could do it. Um, and then there is someone to go to if you try it and you have questions. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. You're talking about taking action on what you have learned. Absolutely. And the other way to do that is, let's go back to the example that I give. Let's say that, that the principal is orchestrating a book study or an article study on research-based grading best practices. So that is an opportunity to build a lot of knowledge, and you always remind me that that's very important, but then to have teams get together and look at their current practices and look at their current practices in relation to best practices. Um, and then can come an opportunity to make some professional decisions about how things can be adjusted from the teacher perspective, team or department perspective, or whole school perspective, to make sure that it's in line with best practice. Absolutely. So uh, one point that teachers really have to understand is we always talk about relevance with students. I want to talk about relevance with teachers. They need to know why this is important and uh, what are some possible you know, expectations uh, that, that you have of them and that they need to have of themselves. So we're not just reading to read and, and you know, the principal is giving us a worksheet or you know, something to do. It's because it impacts our everyday practice and how we interact with students and grading is a very important yeah, it part is, of you that. Know, and I remember a couple a couple days ago when I was on my way to work and you and I were talking on the phone and I want everyone to know I have Bluetooth in my car so I didn't have the cell phone near my ear. Um, but we were talking about the importance of relevance and independent, and independent reading for kids. That, that if kids didn't find relevance in, in, in what they were reading, they didn't connect to it. They, didn't, it, they weren't likely to engage. Absolutely. Adults, of course, are, are the same way. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting, too, because once kids see the payback of independent reading, and I'm beginning to see that with this group that I'm working with, uh, they begin to see they're making progress. And uh, once they see that, they're hooked. And yeah. it's the same thing with any kind of learning. And, you know, and, and in bringing this back to our, our books, our, you know, our, our book study, article study, whether it's in Google Chat or Google Classroom, the model that we are talking about today, if this is new to your building, is initiated from the building level principal, whether it's initiated department by department or whole school, and I will recommend whole school to start it, it is easier that way. But after momentum gets going, and Laura, as you said, people see relevance in this sort of activity, then there's an opportunity to do something that I like, which is allow leadership leaders to grow within your building and department chairs and or team leaders can do the same thing within within their group. Absolutely, they can do a book study, they can do article studies. Uh, the one thing I like with a book study is, I, I, I first I always ask teachers, do you have a book you recommend? Um, and I like to narrow it down uh, to two or three books and then you as a principal would quick read them uh, and you might make the final decision, but somewhere uh, choice or teacher buy-in uh, is important. Yeah, I agree. Choice is always empowering. Laura, this brings to close the Rob Review podcast. Today's conversation went really fast, but exciting conversation. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Oh, I always like to spend time with you, Evan, especially when we talk about teaching and learning. And especially when it's one of your favorite topics, right? Absolutely. <laughs>
Thank you for taking some time to listen to the Rob Review Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review Podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again and see you next time.